Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. As we are this year moving on toward the goal that we have set, we began the year talking about the importance of relationships. And today, we're going to notice the importance of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. A lady by the name of Kelly Benamati, I don't know anything about her, but she wrote an article in the Huffington Post in 2016, and she made this statement. She said, relationships allow us to be who we truly are. Her point is that because of the way that we are made, being in relationships with other people brings out who we are. That's what we're made to be. I don't know if she's a religious person or not, but I know this, she hit it exactly right. God made us to be certain people, and the people that we are comes out naturally and well in the relationships that we have, especially that we have with God and for today through His Holy Spirit. And I want us to think about those things for a few minutes. Let me first of all ask a question. Would the person with whom you have the closest relationship on this world, this earth, would that person accept you and me, all of us talking about that ourselves, would that person accept from us the same type of response that we give to our relationship to God. Would that person accept it? In other words, the one who is most important to us, the closest relationship has a desire and we have a desire to be with that person in certain ways. But what if we treated that person in the same way that we treat God and the relationship that we should have with Him? What if it wasn't important to us to talk to that person if we don't talk to God? Would the other person accept it of, with us not listening to them when we don't listen to God? Would that person be okay with us not spending time with them when we should be spending all the time that we can with God in worship? Would that person be okay with the way that we sometimes treat God with not disrespect, but it's not really important. We can laugh about it. We can just sort of show up and we can sort of hang out and act in a certain way. Would that person be okay with that? I think it is sad that we treat the people in this world with whom we have relationships better oftentimes than we treat God 
and our relationship with Him. But let's think for just a few minutes about this relationship with the Holy Spirit. The text that was just read for us tells us why this is important. We have the Holy Spirit given to us. The bodies that we have contain the Spirit. God, to all Christians, gives His Spirit to live with them. And He says you're bought with a price. We're going to look at that passage as we close in just a few minutes. Let's lead up to it this way. Notice, if you will, that the book of 1 Corinthians seems to me to be a book about relationships. Especially in the first six chapters, the way he deals with things. Paul is talking about some things that the people in the church in Corinth had asked him. He had, they had sent questions, and, and he had gotten some information from others. And there were things they were having a problem with. And in the first six chapters, it's a lot about relationship. Well, if you think about it, there are other passages. The rest of the book is about relationships too. But for our text, notice, if you will, chapter 1 and verse 2. He begins the whole book by talking about relationships. He addresses the book or the letter to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. Notice, if you will, these ideas. One, he says, the church. The church says that concept of church is a relationship with other people. Church is the called out group. We as a group are the church of Jesus Christ. And he is referring to the relationship we enjoy through that concept. Number two, sanctified. Sanctified is the relationship that I have with myself. I've been set aside, set apart. I have a brand new situation. My life now is not what it was. That's what he's saying to these people. And third, called. These people are called. There's my relationship to God. He says, God called you to himself. Therefore, in this text, he is telling us about three parts to our relationships. We have a relationship with others. We have a relationship to ourselves. And we have a relationship to God. He goes on then in the chapters. And we come to chapter 5. And he starts telling us about things. He says, sin destroys relationship. Sin destroys relationship. In these two chapters, 5 and 6, he details some of those things. Notice, if you will, verses 1 through 8. Sexual immorality destroys all three of these relationships with others, with ourselves, and with God. Oftentimes, I'll be sitting with our shepherds in a meeting and talking about various things. And we have occasion to talk about some sad situations 
where people are involved in sexual immorality. Inevitably, it will be said, well, we need to preach on that. Well, it's true. It needs to be preached on. But I have news for you, just as I told them and they already know. It's not about the preaching. It's about the practice. There's not a person in this room who would stand before God and say, you know what? Any way you want to live sexually is perfectly fine with God. He doesn't care. There's not a person in this room that would say that. There's not a single Christian that I know who would stand up and say, God has no rules for sexual conduct. No, everybody knows that he does. Everybody accepts the fact that God said, I made you those kinds of people, but I want that to happen in marriage. It's not about us not knowing. It's about us choosing to do what we know. But yes, we need to teach on sexual immorality. The truth of the matter is, he mentions here a terrible situation where there was a man who was in a relationship with his own stepmother. We can't even imagine that. But it destroys all of our relationships. Look in verse 4 what he says. In the name of Jesus Christ, with my spirit and with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, you deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved. It destroys others, self, and your relationship with God. But it's not just those sins. Starting in verse 9 through verse 13, he says there are a lot of other things that divide people in their relationships. And he lists a bunch of them in verse 11. He says the sexually immoral, the covetous, the idolaters, the revilers, the drunkards, the extortioners. Don't even eat with such a person. It destroys relationships with others. It destroys yourself, what these things do to you. And it destroys the relationship with God. These things tell us sin destroys relationships, which is why he began verse 11 saying, I've written to you not to keep company with anyone who's named a brother who does these things. Sure, we live in a world where all of these things are taking place. And yes, we work around and we are around those people in the world. But we need to be around them to be an influence and to teach them better. But he says, for your relationship through the Holy Spirit and the relationship you have with God, don't keep hanging around those people who are a part of the church, the sanctified, the called, who act this way continually. Because many things destroy those relationships. Third, as you begin in chapter 6, 
he talks about the brethren who are actually suing each other in open court. Instead of handling it in a way that doesn't bring shame on the church, they were suing each other back and forth. And what does he say in, in verse 7? It's already a failure with you. You go to law against one another. Why do you not instead accept being wronged? Why, why not accept being cheated? No. You do wrong, you cheat, and you even do these things to your brethren. The relationships with others, with yourself and with God, destroyed because of sin. But most importantly, do you not know, verse 9, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Fornicators, idolaters, Adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. They cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These kinds of things, being in a relationship with these things, takes us out of a potential to be in a relationship eternally with God. Sin destroys relationships. Because the Holy Spirit lives within us and we cannot be practicing things that the Spirit does not approve. Oh, but thankfully, number three, relationship cures sin. Sin destroys relationships, but relationship cures sin. Look at verse number 11 of chapter 6. Such were some of you. These people in Corinth had lived these lives. The things listed in these verses, the people of Corinth had lived. But what does he say? You were. That's some of the greatest words in Scripture. Thanks be to God that you were some of these things. What changed? They changed their relationship. No longer having a relationship with those things and those activities, now they have a relationship change. Look at verse 11 again. You were washed. When you're washed, you're added to the Lord's church. The relationship with others has been established. You were sanctified. You were set apart. The relationship with yourself properly has been established. And you were justified. Called by God now to be justified in his presence so that he might accept you. The relationship with God has been established. Relationship cures sin. In verse 12, beginning through verse 20 of the chapter, he closes out this section by saying, let me give you five principles that are important in relationships that have been established by the Holy Spirit that lives in your life. Here's number one, verse 12. 
all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. The word helpful really means profitable. In other words, all things are lawful, but not all things add benefit or profit to the relationship. What's he saying? All things are lawful. Is everything lawful? Is it lawful to steal something from your neighbor? No. Is it lawful to curse God? No. What's he saying? All things are lawful. Everything that the Spirit has approved from God in Scripture is lawful. He accepts it, but not every one of them is profitable in every situation. That's why he goes on to say, some people eat food this way, some people don't eat this food. There's much discussion in Scripture about taking care of your brother or your sister. You might have the right to do this, but why would you destroy them? Instead, give up. Submit to them and say, I'm not going to use what I'm lawfully allowed to do because I want to help you. Why? We're trying to bring profit into our relationships. And to have the Holy Spirit within us, we have to realize He has already decided, here are the things that are lawful, but not every one of them can be used at every single moment. You want to bring profit into all of your relationships. Number two, verse number 19. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Whom you have from God, you are not your own. The second principle in a relationship that has been established with the Holy Spirit in your life, you don't belong to you anymore. No more. I don't belong to me. I belong to the Lord. And when I belong to the Lord, the Holy Spirit lives in me because I've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I just can't say I'll do whatever I want to do. I belong to the Lord. And to have relationships through the Spirit with other people, I must accept that fact. Number three, therefore, I belong to the Lord. He owns me. He bought me. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There are, within this relationship that I have through the spirit, with others, with myself, and with God, I have to make an investment. God made an investment in me. He bought me with the blood of his own son. You and I need to invest in our relationships. Are you investing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Are you filling up the Spirit today in worship? That's what the text says in Ephesians 5. 
Are you investing through the Spirit into the relationships of your life? That's what is required in any relationship is an investment. You can't have a relationship with someone without investing of yourself in them. It is important that we understand that there are expectations. Therefore, you need to do what is right. You need to do. Every relationship has expectations. It doesn't matter what kind of relationship you have. There are expectations for me in that relationship. And I need to give in to them. The Holy Spirit has revealed the expectations of God. And therefore through Him I expect, He expects that I live a certain way. And number five, there is action. Every relationship must have action involved with it. I can't just be sedentary and do nothing. I can't just sit in the lazy chair all the time. I have to invest. I have to act. I have to meet the expectations. God sent His Spirit to live within each one of us and to have a relationship with him that leads to a relationship with others, a proper relationship with myself, and a proper relationship with God. Look for the things that profit those relationships. Look for the things that help you understand you don't own yourself anymore. We've been bought with a price. Make an investment in these relationships. Live up to the expectations that are there. Make sure that you're doing what you need to do, action. And every one of these, through the Holy Spirit of God, is possible. Because I can't do it by myself. No one can operate on his or her own. And therefore, the Spirit of God lives within us, not only to identify that we are his, but working through us and with him and with us makes all of our relationships better. It is the Holy Spirit of God living and working within each one of us that makes every relationship that we have better and makes it thrive and makes it special and gives me a chance for an eternal relationship with God. We don't understand the Holy Spirit very well. I get that. Someone has asked, well, what does it mean? What's going on in Mark 16, 17, and 18 with respect to the Holy Spirit? Well, we're going to answer that tonight and help us understand a little more about this relationship that we have with the Spirit of God. There are only two questions left. One, are you in relationship with God through His Spirit? If you've not been washed and sanctified and justified. You have no relationship with God. The Spirit is not living within you. It happens at the moment of baptism when God puts us into that church to which we've been called. Or number two, 
Are we living faithfully in the relationship, profiting it, or is sin destroying it? The question is yours to answer. No one really knows but you and the Lord. But today, if you want us to help you with that relationship, that's why we're here. Our shepherds are glad to meet with you if you meet us at the front. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.